If you're tuning into this podcast, it shows you care a great deal about your child's health. So I want to share with you my video course on nutrient supplementation for children that I just published on udemy.com. If you check the description of this episode for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list, as soon as you sign up, I'm going to send you a voucher so that you can get this video course for free. And in the course, I'm going to discuss the most important supplements for children and how to pick quality supplements, how to avoid poor quality ingredients, how to avoid potentially harmful extra ingredients, and basically how to steer clear of the marketing ploys designed to sell us inferior quality supplements. So I hope that you get value out of this course. I'm sure that if you apply the knowledge you learn in it, you will save not just time researching these supplements, but also money. And most importantly, you will get the best quality supplements that your budget will allow so that you can provide your child with the nutritional support that they need. So check out the description for the link to my website where you can sign up to my mailing list. And as I said, as soon as you sign up, I'll send you the the coupon to get the course for free. And if you do sign up, please let me know how you find it. If there's any other information you would like me to include or any other feedback, I would be very grateful if you could send me that. Thank you. In this episode, I'm going to go over some strategies that you can use to clean up your child's environment. Basically cleaning up the home from all the toxic products that we are so used to using and many of us still don't realize are harming us and of course they're harming our kids. Now, you might have done significant research in this area, which is great, and if you're doing stuff about this, that's great. If you haven't, it's important that you start with the low-hanging fruit. So I'll go over the, the most important and I guess suppose the easiest areas to address first because these are products that we use either on a daily or a weekly basis and um, children are very much exposed to them. So the, the first thing is our use of plastics, right? So consider your, your use of the plastics you use. So if, you, if you're able to, Replace your plastic containers and bottles at home for glass or metal ones. Try to replace your plastic cooking utensils with wooden ones or metal ones. Um, if you have plastic chopping boards, try get wooden ones, for example. Um, other strategies to kind of reduce the, the toxicity of plastics is to never heat plastics in the microwave or in any anything else. Never pour hot food in plastics or use like plastic spoons or forks with hot food. So these are very simple, but many people don't even consider them still, even though we know so much about how how many countless toxic chemicals are in these plastic products. If you can, try to avoid canned food because many cans are lined with plastic. um, And especially before a lot of those can linings were they used BPA, bisphenol A, which we know is not good for us. Also avoid drinks. So replace your cling film and aluminum foil with paper wrap alternatives. That's another good strategy to reduce things like phthalates from, from your child's environment. And if you can, try to avoid PVC or vinyl mattress covers. If you can get natural cotton with polyurethane laminate, P-U-L, 
or polyethylene layers. These are a lot less toxic than PVC and vinyl. Now, you may know that um, there are these symbols on plastic products with the recycling symbol. So generally, if anything is uh, a three, six or a seven, these are to be avoided if possible. So these may contain BPA, phthalates, and other harmful chemicals. And safer alternatives are two, four, and five. So basically it's like this, this little symbol with the three arrows, like the recycle sign with a number in there. And that tells you the compound, the plastic compound that was used or has been used in this uh, plastic product. So number two is HDPE, four is LDPE, and five is PP. So these are like allegedly safer. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure how much actual research we have about the safety, but we know that polyamine, polypropylene, and polyethylene are generally safer as well. So, so avoid recycling symbols on plastic products that are numbered three, six, and seven, and safer alternatives are two, four, and five. You can always do a quick search on Google to remind yourself if you're ever looking at a bottle or some container or things, things like that. If you need to see if, if, if it's worth buying or it's, if it's worth avoiding. Now, next up are things like your pots and pans. So if possible, try to stop using or transition away from using non-stick Teflon and aluminum pots and pans, right? So these, of course, aluminum is a toxic metal and cooking in pots with or in pans with aluminum will leach some aluminum in, in there. Uh, we know to uh, Teflon and non-stick pans are generally made with materials that are, are cannot be regarded as safe. We don't have any research telling us that they're safe, so it's better to stay away from them. So safer alternatives are stainless steel, cast iron, and ceramic versions of pots and pans. And of course, if you're baking those glass, those um, deep glass dishes, that's another alternative. Glass is, of course, safe. If you can't replace all of your pots and pans at the same time, just try to replace the one you use the most often, or the one that you cook your child's food in. At least that's a good start. Now the next big one is, it's probably the biggest one, is uh, the cleaning products that you use, right? So anything from the conventional supermarket, any bleach-based things, all those Detto and Mr. Muscle and all these things, these are full of extremely toxic chemicals, extremely toxic, right? And they have no business being anywhere near your child. Now, you wash the floor, you disinfect the counter, you clean the bathroom, you wash the bathtub, you disinfect the toilet, and you know, your child is playing on the floor barefoot or crawling on the floor, and you're bathing your child, you know, child's in the bathroom. All of these things, not only are you breathing those toxic chemicals when you're cleaning, but so is your whole family. And we know these are toxic. There, for example, in uh, bleaches and household floor cleaners, there's formaldehyde. And formaldehyde is a known carcinogen, cancer-causing compound. So basically, my advice would be 
to just throw all of those products out, fairy liquids and things like that. And this includes um, dish soap, window cleaners, uh, counter cleaners, toilet cleaners, any bathroom cleaners, um, whatever, whatever, everything. Antibacterial soaps are included in the list and especially laundry detergent and fabric softeners. You want to throw all of if you're using conventional ones um i know you might want to finish the the package you're using which is it of course is the mo makes the most sense economically speaking and uh, you know i completely agree with that we can't just be wasting money throwing products out but if you have the means i would if, if you can afford it i would just throw them out and, and keep them far far away from your child alternatively finish your existing packages of laundry detergent, fabric softener, and so on and so forth. And then go to the health store and buy safer alternatives with uh, made with kind of more natural materials, less chemicals, things like that. If you can go for organic, that's the best case scenario. Alternatively, it's very easy to go online and find some recipes to make your own cleaning product with things like lemon juice, vinegar, baking soda, you can add a few drops here and there of essential oils for fragrance. And vinegar, lemon juice, baking soda, these these are just great for, for most household cleaning purposes. You don't need much else. And we've been terrified to think that if we don't use this product that kills 99.9% .9 of bacteria, if we don't use that, we're all at risk. We could get these virulent bacteria and all of us will get sick or die, you know. Did you know that your kitchen counter is dirtier than your toilet seat? I remember one one of those ads back when I used to have a TV. It's been many years since I've had one, of course. Um, but yeah, it'd be like, did you know that your kitchen counter has more bacteria than your toilet seat? And of course, we, we watch this on a daily basis. We're bombarded with this brainwashing and propaganda designed to sell us products. And of course, we're going to start buying these products because marketing works. That's why they spend billions of it, right? But it's lies. In fact, we have a big problem with antibiotic resistant bacteria because we use overuse antibiotics. It's the same story with all these antibacterials. They just they kill the, the weaker bacteria and they just leave the really strong guys that are really hard to kill. So for, for most intensive purposes at home, baking soda, lemon juice and vinegar with some essential oils or some products. If you, if you, if you not, don't have the time, you're not bothered to do this. You can just go to the health store or like an organic shop and get whatever they have there. It's usually a little bit more expensive, but this is really, really worth it, especially because as I've talked about in my book and previous episodes, autistic children have a double problem. So many of them, of course, not all, but their detoxification capacities are often depleted and they may not, their, their gut function may not be working so well. So any nutrition that comes in that is used, that would otherwise be used to supply the detoxification systems like nutrients, amino acids, vitamins, minerals, because their, their um, gut function is not optimal, they may not be able to basically uh, get those substrates that are needed for detoxification so they're under more toxic stress 
and less capable of uh, clearing it out. So you will find other authors and many PhDs, uh, doctors and experts will tell you autistic children's environment needs to environments need to be pristinely clean. They have to be pristinely clean. Now, I'm of the opinion that all of our environments need to be pristinely clean, but of course, we can't go crazy doing that. But when it comes to an autistic child, you just have to go those extra few steps and you, you're doing your whole family a favor, basically. Now, in terms of around the home, uh, think about uh, things like pesticides and garden products. So if you're using artificial fertilizers on your lawn uh, and your child is playing on your lawn, that's obviously that's a red flag. So Anytime you buy any garden materials, building materials, uh, think about is your child going to be exposed to them? Because most of those have, they're made by industrial processes that use all sorts of toxic chemicals. So you need to think about long and hard. Are you, is it what's more important? Is painting the house more important or is your child's health more important? So I'm not saying never paint the house, but, um, there are nowadays, it is possible to get much more natural, toxic, chemical-free paints and varnishes and things like that. So a little bit of research in that area is, is just a really good idea, especially if you're doing work inside the house. If you're, you know, if you're doing the, doing up the kitchen or you want to paint your child's bedroom, you certainly want to get the, the most harmful, chemical-free and natural as possible paint and whatever other building materials. These are extremely important things because when you think about it, what does a mother do before her baby is born? She paints the, the room of the child, you know, blue or pink. And then, you know, the dad might be, uh, putting together some new furniture, a cot, and there's a little mattress there and all these things. They're coming out of the packaging and, and so on. Uh, they're off-gassing all sorts of um, formaldehydes and glues and, and just industrial products used in the industrial process. So this is actually not a great idea. So as as much, and we, we just haven't been taught this, you know, it's still not, it's, it's kind of getting out there in the mainstream, but there's, it's still not common knowledge. It's like smoking in in the the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Many people even thought that smoking is good for them. Um, then then people started raising red flags, and the industry fought back, prevented all the the truth coming out. And it's similar with many things that are, that are harmful for us. There are industry interests out there that do not want us to find out that something is. Um, it will hurt sales if we find out that, let's say, paint is harmful and we have to either switch to other alternatives or not paint our house, right? So um, that's why it's, it's, not, it's not common knowledge yet. And just to a note about furniture, so like I, like I already mentioned, new furniture, new beds, they have things like flame retardants added or fire retardant chemicals added in them. Yeah, these are not actually good for you. Uh, there, there's, there's research even in, in, in autism uh, that uh, fire retardants have some some role. I, I'll probably I'll have to do another episode just on, on these kind of BPA, bisphenol A, phthalates, 
fire retardants and so on. It's, it's in my book anyway, some of it, so if you're interested. But yeah, th these chemicals that are even in, in kids' pajamas and kids' clothing are actually uh, harmful. So new, new carpets, new um, furniture, couches, mattresses have added flame retardants. If you can get them, try to get them without these chemicals. If it's not possible, at least when you get new furniture or like a new mattress, keep it away from where it will be used for at least a week, if possible more. Let all those chemicals just off gas as much as possible. It, it's a process that can take weeks and months, but at least when you take it out of the packaging or you un unpack it, you will allow that, you know, that you will get that chemical smell anyway, right? So if you can smell it, that there's, there's something, there's some chemicals there that have likely very little research into their safety coming into your body and likewise your family. So that's, I guess, my point there. I won't belabor the point anymore. Um, another thing is sunscreen. Now, this is huge. Most of these sunscreens that you buy in the shop are extremely toxic products. I, I don't really think I can put it in any other way other than extremely toxic. So the most important ones to stay away from are the spray sunscreens that have, and those that have bug repellent and sunscreen combos. Any sunscreen with SPF higher than 50, products that contain retinol palmitate, retinol vitamin A, oxybenzone, or fragrance as an ingredient. Now, my advice would be go to the Environmental Working Group's website, ewg.org. They have a guide to sunscreens there. I would highly suggest that you get acquainted with how to choose the least harmful sunscreens possible. So generally products with zinc oxide or titanium dioxide are the safer options. Spending an hour or half an hour reading up about it is a really good idea because we know what parents are like. You know, you're out and you want to protect your child from the sun. So you, you, you do what you're told by dermatologists, by the ads and by marketing. And we are applying sunscreen before exposure to the sun, while in the sun, every 50 minutes or whatever. And there, there probably are much safer sunscreens out there. They might be a bit more expensive, but you definitely want to invest in those. And then there's other ways to protect your child from uh, sunburn, such as thinking about when are you out in the sun between 12 and 3 p.m.? Are you going to only be out for five minutes? Uh, is there any point if you if your child won't be exposed to the sun much? Is it better? Are you better off putting on a long long sleeved shirt, uh, uh, t-shirt, things like that? So it's easy to get scared into just buying the highest SPF sunscreen and then slathering it on ourselves. But with a little bit of research, we can see that these are probably some of the most toxic products that we can put on our on our on our bodies. Now about dental products, you generally want to stay away from products with fluoride. So your standard toothpastes in the shop, you, you I would recommend avoiding them. If you can go into a, a um, an organic shop or a health store, get an organic toothpaste with that is fluoride free for your child. We have hundreds of studies that have shown uh, fluoride can impact. IQ negatively, it, it's it's a neurotoxin, 
there's again misinformation out there to mislead us but we just with a little bit of research we can see that it is it is actually you're better off staying away from products with fluoride that includes mouthwashes and things like that other dental products to avoid are mercury fillings so obviously mercury one of the most toxic compounds on earth stay away from anything with mercury as much as possible and of course mercury fillings just get get any other alternatives we know enough to to know that uh it's it's ludicrous to be using mercury in our fillings now in terms of improving your child's air quality if you can get what is known as a hepa air purifier hepa stands for high efficiency particulate absorbing air purifiers so basically these are small units that cost 50 to 100 dollars on amazon so you, you, they, they basically filter the air from uh, dust, pollen, pet dander, mold, spores, and other allergens. This is just a great investment to have in the home. If you can, got, if you can buy a bigger one for, let's say, the living room and maybe a smaller unit for your child's bedroom, this is just a really, really good idea. You can really, really notice the difference of having a unit run for like an hour or two it just really works and you can really see in the, the actual unit the field that you can see the filter inside the unit collecting all this dust and all these particles and things like that and that would otherwise be circul circulating around in your living space and your child would be breathing that stuff in so for the price it's a really good investment highly recommend that you look into it just go on amazon Type in HEPA, air purifier or air filter, and you'll get dozens or hundreds of different models. Get something. I think for a bigger unit, probably no reason to spend more than $100. You can get smaller units for about 50 bucks. They also have an ionizer that I don't know exactly how it works. It, it does something to the air. It ionizes it, but apparently that's also good. Haven't done much research into that area, but... From what little I have done, I know it's it's a good thing to have. And I'll just leave you with this. Uh, just try not to get overwhelmed or scared or kind of paralyzed into inaction with this. Now, we know in the last century, a lot of the products we've created are, are very, very toxic. And we never considered the safety of these products and these chemicals before releasing them into the environment or on the market. So we're finding that out now. There's a lot of industry pushback. There's a lot of propaganda designed to basically prop up sales of these products. So it, it, it's a journey in discovering what a toxic world we live in. It's a journey in cleaning up your child's environment. It, it's a really a minefield out there so many of these products that are they seem benign like your couch or a mattress or your child's pajamas with the flame retardant chemicals in it or the toys with those same chemicals or the plastic bottles with phthalates and bpa and uh, countless other compounds it does take a little bit first you need to you at first you're shocked you might like i was in i was this is me for this is my journey at first i was in denial then I was shocked. Then I, I did a lot of things to clean up the environment, uh, overreaching in the process. I realized that it was unsustainable. So now it's within reason. For example, um, we never buy anything 
any product uh, for for cleaning, for dishes, for the dishwasher, unless it's from a an organic store or like a health store. Toothpaste is only organic, fluoride-free. Uh, sh- shampoos and soaps, hand creams, these are all uh, from the health store. And it's just a process. You kind of get better at it. We replaced our uh, plastic utensils with wooden ones. Uh, and you just, it's like anything else. Every week you do a little bit more. And, and there's, there, there's the low-hanging fruit or what I already mentioned, the cleaning product including laundry, detergent, and fabric softener especially, pots, pans, plastics, containers like that, utensils, things like shampoos, body washes when you're bathing your child. So just those basics, uh, you know, avoiding nasty things like paint, varnish in the house, buying better alternatives, keeping building materials out of the house, um, not using toxic lawn products, uh, pet shampoos, for example, pet sprays, these are, of course, extremely toxic things. So keeping those away from your child. And yeah, that's that's actually another quick point. You, you, you know, if you wash your dog with these anti-lice, anti-flea, anti-tick shampoos and your child is playing with the dog, that's all getting on their hands and things like that. So like starting to think about these things is important. And I keep saying it, it's not just important for your child. It's important for you and it's important for your entire family. And... The more you can keep these toxic chemicals at bay, the better your health will be. It's, it's as simple as that. So I hope that you found this episode useful and I hope to see you on the next one.